Welcome everyone to the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast, a Prairie Proud Wrestling Podcast covering everything from Winnipeg to worldwide. My name is Blair Pacheco. I am on location in beautiful Canmore, Alberta, recording this from the Airbnb, which does not have any air conditioning. So if you hear a noise in the background, that's the fan that's going nonstop all day. But it is incredible out here. It's it's breathtaking. Just seeing the mountains in the background, it's unbelievable. Um, but yeah, no, uh, recording it live here. Um, you're not listening to it live, but you know what I'm saying. So, um, yeah, I mean, I was fortunate enough, uh, Friday night to go check out RCW at the Legion in Calgary. And let me tell you, it was an incredible show. I do not think I could speak highly enough of the tag match I saw between State of Emergency against Heavy Metal and Draco. They went 30 minutes plus and it was one of the best matches i've ever seen live it was absolutely incredible so huge props to them and huge props to everyone on the show they busted their asses if you get a chance to go check out an rcw show please make your way go check it out i should also give huge props to uh, time bomb pro who just ran in winnipeg on saturday night and judging by the clips that i've seen on social media it was a hell of a night i know we saw stefan epic versus damon spriggle you're also going to see stefan epic at the upcoming 3d pro show so make sure you uh, grab tickets for that um and then also uh, tyler cold versus addy star was on that time bomb pro show uh, as well so huge props to them as well i'm disappointed i could not be there but i will be at the next one and as I had said earlier about Stefan Epic being at the next 3D Pro Show, I will also be at the next 3D Pro Show, and you as well should grab tickets to go check out that 3D Pro Show because is because it is going to be a fantastic evening. Some great matches already announced. I mean, we have Stefan Epic versus uh, Anderson Tyson Moore. We have Robbie Royce issuing an open challenge. Just announced was Heavy Metal versus... O'Shea Edwards, which is a huge matchup. So talk about getting your money's worth right there alone. And then also just announced was a uh, another three day three D three way between Sammy Peppers, Tony Machete, and Jaden Newman. So all three are incredibly talented. Make sure you grab tickets. Twenty bucks a piece before twenty five at the door. So just grab your tickets now. Support some good local wrestling. And I mean, there's other shows too if you want to grab. CWE does regularly as well. And, uh, um, but yeah, this week on the podcast, I, I was very stoked about, uh, getting this person on. I was fortunate enough to see them at the last WP, WPW show. And I reached out to them and they were happy to join me. And you know what? It was a great chat. So this week on the podcast is Marcus Muncherson. You saw him in the triple threat match at the WPW show. So we talk about St. Louis wrestling. If you're not familiar, St. Louis and Winnipeg, they have a huge connection dating back years if you start digging into it. I mean, St. Louis and a lot of parts of Canada. So uh, we talk about a little about that. Marcus talked about the St. Louis scene, what's it all about, being a part of Team Ambition, training, uh, some of the matches he's been a part of. He's only been in wrestling for a few, for a couple years, and uh, he still has lots to share. Uh, 
right after the WPW show, he was actually on uh, an AEW show as one of the security guards at Wardlow faced off again. So he talks a little bit about that. And we just have a great chat. So, you know what? Let's jump into it. Without further ado on the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast, Marcus Munchison. You're you're down in St. Louis. Yeah, down in uh, St. Louis, Missouri. Yeah. Kind of um, what, what a lot of people have been kind of calling re- recently. Well, recently from like past years, it's kind of like that wrestling capital. You know, um, here back, uh, you know, back in the day, we had, um, what was it, uh, wrestling at the chase. That was like yep. really big really did back in the day and then you know a lot of a lot of notable names from here you got your bob ordens and randy ordens harley race um ha- handful of guys that came came out of st louis has made it all over the world in wrestling so, mm-hmm. so yeah it's a, it's a nice little hub over here it's it's funny because like there's a huge wrestling connection from winnipeg and st louis that i think a lot of people aren't familiar with i know a lot of old Manitoba wrestlers went down there, you know, like uh, you had your Bulldog Bob Browns and Kerry Browns and like older names like that. And I think people sometimes mm-hmm. forget about that. But St. Yeah. Louis has definitely, the past few years, really made their mark on wrestling as well. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's uh, really, really gotten a lot of more traction in the past, uh, past I'd say about half a year to, to just about a year with, uh, you know, with David Richards coming into St. Louis and then him, uh, uh, starting a team ambition with me and the rest of my teammates. So it was like during those first few months, um, you know, just, um, see, you know, you'll see it on Twitter. You'll see hashtag team ambition, this, that, mm-hmm. and the third. But ever since uh, so many more, um, so many more promotions have been coming through the city frequently, like NWA, GCW, Warrior Wrestling, um, even AEW coming uh, back into town for a few times and even WWE back in town with the Royal Rumble. Um, just seeing, just seeing like all those companies trying to like, you know, get back into St. Louis and, you know, have like their name and their promotion in our city is, it's, we, we don't like to take credit for it, but at the same time, we still, we kind of pat ourselves on the back and say, say, yeah, they're, they're here because of us, like, and they're, and they're watching us, even though they're not directly here, Mm -hmm. they're, they're catching waves of team ambition and what we're doing down here. Now, right now in St. Louis, for like those who aren't too familiar, what are the main promotions that are running there? There's Glory Pro, correct? Yeah, there's Glory Pro. Um, and Glory Pro has been around, I want to say, since 20, 2017. I could be wrong to all my all my um, peers and trainers listening. Don't, don't kill me if I'm wrong on the date. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you've got you've got Glory Pro. You also got WrestleMax STL. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's all been um they they kind of been on a little bit of a hiatus, but they're getting started back up in uh in August of this year, August twentieth to be exactly. Uh, so you got you got Glory Pro, you got WrestleMax. Um, you also have um, well they're not in St. Louis, but they're in Troy, Missouri. WLW. Okay. Uh, that's where two of my uh, teammates, uh, Moses and Raheem, that's where they uh, started at training at Harley School. Um, there's more. Oh, there, there's more, but the names are escaping me right now. <laughs> um, I'm so sorry. Um, who, who uh, you also got uh, there are other promotions here. Uh, you got Dynamo Pro down here. And you also got. Um, uh, 
I mean, again, they're not in St. Louis, but uh, Cape Championship Wrestling down in Cape Girardeau, Missouri. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and one of my uh, tag partners, we uh, had frequented uh, there a few for a few months, and we actually held the tag titles down there for for a little bit down there. So it's a it's a lot of promotions uh, around, at least around St. Louis, that's driving this, as I should say. Um, but as far as like the ones that are like mainly in in the city and that run in the city are your glory pros and your WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Now, growing up, were you always a fan of wrestling? Yes and no. So I remember like my earliest uh, memory of wrestling I can remember is that uh, I know we I know me and my mom were watching some award show. It was either Grammys, Oscars, one of the two. It was some award show. And then Stone Cold Steve Austin had came out and I, I think he gave a guy a bird and gave him a stunner on stage. <laughs> and then I remember uh, growing up, I had um, I had a uh, I didn't have many wrestling action figures, but I do remember having a, a wrestling yo-yo. That every time you would sling the yo-yo, it would make the glass break sound right before Stone Cold's uh, theme music. <laughs> Um, but I do remember like, uh, when I really got really immersed into wrestling and really like started, started like watching it on a regular and started like picking stuff, picking stuff apart. And I was, I was just like, yeah, I want to do this one day would be, I was about 12 years old. This had to be about, uh, 20, I want to say 2000, uh, 2006, maybe 2007. So I'm just like, just getting into middle school really. And, um, I remember the first match I remember watching was um, that I can at least remember back from then was um, it was Rey Mysterio versus Chavo Guerrero in I Quit match. Okay. It was uh, and it was a uh, right when uh, Ray had to go out um, and deal with this uh, deal with this knee injury, and then I remember that because a few months later on was uh, WrestleMania, so that was all the talk about you know Royal Rumble. Who's Undertaker gonna fight in Mania? Who's who's gonna like fight for the WWE title and all that? And uh, that, that and funny enough, that wasn't the first WrestleMania I ever watched. I remember um, watching WrestleMania 17 with uh, some of my cousins, and um, and honestly, I, I think a lot of people will say that's their favorite WrestleMania, yeah. and that's kind of one of mine too. One of mine too, not only because of the um, the TLC two match, but uh, I remember. Um, I remember Regal and Jericho were fighting for the Intercontinental mm-hmm. title. Um, I think I think it was Triple H and Undertaker in uh, not the main event, but they have fought um, in main and also um, Rock and also of course. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I would say I'll say my earliest um, earliest getting into wrestling would be about uh, be about twelve years old, around two thousand six, two thousand seven, around that time, and that was um, right. Right after the whole, um, well, I, I hate I hate bringing it up, but the the whole Benoit scenario, and yeah. which is funny because that was right around the time where I was telling my mom, "Yo, I, I want to be a wrestler. I want to get into this." And then that happened. So then she immediately just started shooting it down. She was like, "Nope, you're not doing this. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I, I don't care. I don't care." So I was like, "All right. I mean, I'm not gonna do that, but okay, I get where you're coming from. But yeah." It, it's funny because you mentioned Rey Mysterio and a good friend of mine, he, we were talking wrestling and he said, if you watched wrestling in the, the early 2000s, there was a good chance mm-hmm. that either Rey Mysterio or Jeff Hardy were your favorites growing up. It's just how it was because they were predominantly all over the place. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't, well, 
Ray was one of my favorites, I would mm-hmm. say. He was one of my favorites. Um, I know at least furthest back that I can remember as far as I back then when I first got into wrestling, my favorites would be, of course, the Hardys, because almost everyone would do, like, you know, the old twi- twist of fade, would do the swan on the bed, on the bed <laughs> on your brothers or your cousins. Um, but I would say my favorites, uh, at least back then, would be um, – Booker T for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Booker T, Taker, of course, and um, uh, his name is escaping me, and I'm mad at myself. Uh, <clears throat> Bobby Lashley. Lashley okay. was also one of my favorites uh, growing up, and um, I remember I started uh, started veering off into a uh, Japanese wrestler, watching All Japan and New Japan around I'm say twenty. 2015 to 2016. So that's when I started seeing that kind of style of wrestling. And then I remember the first time I saw Minoru Suzuki uh, doing a um, doing a Wrestle Kingdom. I was like, yeah, he's my favorite now. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Because it was just like, he was one of those that even if you meet him in real life, you just think that, oh, this, this guy is like really crazy. And he'll like take my head off or like put a hole through my chest and and i met him a few few times before when he's kind of the st louis like he's the sweetest guy most chill guy ever mm-hmm. but still uh seeing um seeing him on those uh shows and just how he how his demeanor is in the ring i all i don't know why i've always been gravitated towards that but every time i've seen it i was like yeah this is this is a heel this is what a heel is you know mm-hmm. yeah. so um you, I mean, you mentioned when you decided, you know, you wanted to get into wrestling. What were the steps that you took, you know, to actually get into the training and uh, to put forth to get your career started? So, um, it's actually funny. Um, we, uh, me and my uh, brother were, uh, we were bartenders uh, by trade and uh, we were bartending down um, at the uh, Cinco de Mayo Festival down here one year. And we were just, we were just shooting the breeze, just talking, just, just, Chop, just chopping it up like brothers normally do and then we somehow got on the topic of um you know like things on bucket lists and what we want to accomplish so wrestling was one of those things on my bucket list mm-hmm. and he he damn near stopped the whole conversation and it was like yeah i fully support that dream so if that's what you want to do go do it figure it out and we're gonna be we're gonna be a wrestling family now so uh, I, I did my research. I looked around for some schools, and um, and this is back in 2017, mind you. So, a lot of places I didn't really know. Uh, like at least back then, I didn't know like how much of a rest of the town St. Louis is or was at the time. And um, the only schools that I saw around around St. Louis at the time were um, were Harlem School, WLW up in Troy. And at the time, I wasn't driving, and my mom not finna drive me. 40 minutes every day back and forth to Troy <laughs> during then. And um and then I saw them and then I also saw um uh I was about to say MLW, but it's not major league wrestling, but uh it's um it was an old promotion down in um down in uh, Kansas City. Uh, actually two of my trainers and my teammates, my guy along Camaro Jackson had uh work for this promotion once upon a time uh but i'm they're defunct now but that was one promotion that would come to st louis a lot and i I remember going to one of their shows and asking them you know how do i get into training how do i get into the business how do i you know how do i get my foot in the door 
and they were willing to take me on. It was just like actually getting there and having some place to stay, having some place, you know, to work and things like that. So that it didn't it didn't kill my uh it didn't kill my drive for it. I was just like, no, it's gotta be something around in St. Louis that I could find. So that's when I found out about Dynamo Pro. And that's why I um when I started uh, training down there in 2017, it was a little bit of off and on because of dealing with life issues because life happens. But um, <laughs> my most consistent years were from from 20, I would say 2018 up until, um, um, I'm lying, <laughs> 2019 up until about um, late 2020 or 2021 was right before I started, um, was able to work matches all around the country and whatnot. So, um, so Dynamo actually was the, um, was the school to give me my start and that's why i met up with uh my trainers and now some of my best friends and uh mike outlaw camaro jackson and even a uh, war horse mm-hmm. yeah i was looking at some of the uh like because there's not tons of information on you out there so i was really digging for you know just to see some of the cards you were a part of you know and I mean, I, I found out, you know, about your, your history with Davey Richards, you know, and just some of the other, you know, Camaro Jackson, um, mm-hmm. you know, with him, uh, Mike Outlaw and just all the, uh, basically a lot of the wrestlers that are a big part of the scene down there. Yeah. So, um, so actually with that, uh, so I'm only going into my, going in, going into my, I guess this would be my second year mm-hmm. professionally wrestling um, because my first match was last last May of 2021. It was in May of 2021 when I had my first match, and up until up until last May, like the year went by so fast, and I was like, "Oh, I'm been in the business for a year. Okay, now let's see what I can do with year two. Um, and in uh, probably also hard to find information because uh, before I was doing a different character and different persona back then. I used to be called Eli Rossi. Yes. That was my name when I first uh, broke into the business. But um, when talking with some of my teammates, they convinced me to go and uh, go and using my real name now. And at first, I wasn't I wasn't really behind the whole idea. But now that I've seen how it how like people can kind of like get gravitated into it especially because i actually back in um in uh winnipeg was actually my first time using the uh the munch gimmick and they took to it so like like clockwork i was like okay maybe i got something here so i just kept with it and i just kept um kept just, well still carving it out now mm-hmm. but um but yeah so um and actually i've done probably like one of my at least for me at least one of my notable matches from that past year would be the TLC match that me and my tag partner ATM had uh, with the technical difficulties, and um, and Paco and uh, Castro, and it was a um, triple threat TLC match for the Glory Tag Titles. Okay, I love how like you were able to cover like four different things I was going to ask all in that one section. Oh, dude! Oh, my bad. <laughs> it's no, it's great. I mean, to be like you're so comfortable talking that it's you know just it makes my job a little easier so it's just like okay i'm just gonna let you talk it's great <laughs> gotcha gotcha <laughs> sorry, sorry if i'm if i ever get rambling too much please cut me off <laughs> no no by all means um you did mention your first match and i wanted to talk to you about that just to mm-hmm. see how you were feeling heading into that and just uh what do you know the overall who you were against and all of that sort of stuff Okay, so the first match, it was um, uh, me and my tag partner, ATM, were in a tag team called No Role Models, and we went up against the Skimmerhorns. 
Um, and this was down in Republic, Missouri for IW, ICWF. I don't even know what the what it stands for. I do know that's the acronym, though. Um, and when I found out that I was getting the match, I was like, oh, okay, nice. We're finally finna have our first match, finally finna debut. Let's let's see what this is like. And the whole 20, about like 20, 30 minutes before the match, we were calling it, and I'm getting ready, lacing up my boots, putting on my gear. In my head, I'm just like, okay, don't mess up, don't mess up, don't mess up. I'm so, I'm like shaking, but at the same time, I was like really excited because it was something I've been working towards since 2017 <laughs> and finally being finally getting that nod from not only my teammates, but my trainer saying, all right, now it's time time to show what you've been working on and time to show and prove so um going out hearing the crowd hearing the crowd cheer hearing the music play hearing the announcer announce your name it's uh it was it's a, it was a lot of emotions at once but in the same time i had to had to remind myself that okay now now we're on the job we're on the clock mm -hmm. so we can't we gotta gotta stay focused and the and the match was good. The match was great, and I love the Skimmer Horn. Some of the some of my favorite opponents I've ever uh, faced. But the um, it didn't go how I was expecting it because the the finish for the match was supposed to be um, the Skimmer Horns uh, get the win like a dirty win. But um, the uh, the ref in the match uh, there was supposed to be a breakup on the count, and the ref counted three. So it technically gave me and my team the win, but they still were they still were able to pull their move off. So it kind of looked like okay, like screw these guys, they messed us up. Yeah. But um, yeah, the um, it, and we even told the ref to finish. We were like, hey, um, there's going to be a breakup, and this is the finish X, Y, and Z. So when she counted the three, and and we were and all four of us were looking around like, wait wait no it's not over like we, there's still more like why did you count three <laughs> so we're all just look we're all just kind of like looking and then once um once the announcer announced us as the winners we were like I, in my head i'm just like uh i'm already gonna get heat in my first match <laughs> so i'm ruined <laughs> but uh but no they were they were fine with it everybody everybody understood what happened nobody was nobody was about to like you know cause a riot over anything yeah. so that that was the good part it was just um it just it for me at least uh, at least for me i'm real like i'm my worst critic so when it comes to stuff like that it's that kind of stuff just like sits with me for a minute and i'm just like oh why did i do that i need to not do that again and then i'm just like beating myself up over that one moment but then at the same time i'm also trying to talk myself out of beating myself over that yeah. moment and i'm just like okay it happened can't do nothing about it just accept what it is we know what not to do next time and let's just keep uh keep moving forward and now we're here <laughs> you know it's funny that's one of the things because i know i've done things where like afterwards i'm like i'm going over in my head all the stuff that you know like i might not have done right or that you know like weren't up to the like standards i have and then you talk to right. people you're like no that's normal but you got to remember you did a lot of good stuff too and it's stuff you can build off of afterwards mm-hmm yeah. Now, I mean, as a wrestler, who are some of the guys that you you take inspiration for yourself? Um, <laughs> other than well, other than some of the names that I named earlier from people that I was, um, I guess, inspired by growing up watching wrestling. 
Um, I really take a lot from some of my teammates. Um, I take a, I do take a lot from uh, from Camaro Jackson because with him being uh, one of my teammates, he's also our strength and conditioning coach down at uh, down at the Team Ambition Dojo, and he pushes us to really like go beyond our limits and and push ourselves to get to that next level even when we think we can't do it or we can't or even if we tell ourselves like yo this is too hard no way i'm going to be able to do this or i can't i can't get this up or whatever he he had it's it's weird because me and him are kind of like the star wars nerds of our team so we so if we shoot out a star wars quote or if we're talking like star wars terms we're the only ones that would under would understand <laughs> it. So he'll if he'll say something and then I'll just I'll send him a gift that just says like yes my master or yes whatever and he'll <laughs> immediately know that I understood what he's talking about. Or if I'll say something and then he'll hit me with a it's it's not yet young Padawan. I'm like, all right, cool. Anybody <laughs> else anybody else will be looking at us like what are y'all talking about? I'm like it's okay. It, it's Jedi talk. You you wouldn't get it. But um but yeah, he he really is a good, a great coach and a great um, a great teammate when it comes to pushing, you know, pushing yourself past your limits to get to that next level. Because then you end up doing something you don't even realize that you could do. Um, but as far as like anybody else, like that's in the business, on like that that higher uh, level now that I get insp- inspiration from. Um, honestly, honestly, well, of course. I always get the Mark Henry comparison because I've always been a bigger guy, so I always get that comparison. And I recently uh, dove into some of his older, uh, older matches, just trying to trying to really like break down how he moved as a big man and how he did things as you know the world's strongest man and how um, just kind of like how he carried and presented himself in the ring too. And uh, also, uh, again, I, I mentioned Bobby Lashley earlier. I was watching some of his uh, some of his workout videos, trying to get inspo from that, mm-hmm. and just trying to like trying to like see like how, I guess, kind of like how that mind, how like he has that mind state of um, of yeah, it's a lot and it sucks, but the more you wait and you sit on it, the harder it gets. So he just pushes through it, and he just like can't, he. He just progresses. Even it doesn't even matter like how much it hurts or like how how bad like how bad it is, how heavy the load is, how light the load is. It doesn't matter. He just pushes forward. Yeah. So um, so yeah, those I really take um, those things into consideration when it comes to like um, when it comes to trying to see like what like what I can do and what I can get from this. I always try to like just keep my eyes and my ears open, even if it's from a local level or to the pro level, I always try to have my eye open to see like, okay, this works, this doesn't, I should do this, I shouldn't do this, and so on and so forth. I mean, uh, this is a a good segue because I know like you've shared the locker so far with some like really talented people, some names. I mean, you've shared the locker Mm -hmm. room with, you know, Eddie Kingston, uh, Eric Cannon. I mean, those are two veterans of Big, big time veterans in wrestling, you know, and then yeah. younger guys, you know, your Jordan Oliver's, Myron Reed's, people like mm-hmm. that. So when you're sharing the room with them, I mean, you're a few years into wrestling, being able to kind of pick their brain and, you know, just kind of learn off of them in the backstage area, that's, yeah. it's a big kudos for yourself, you know, just to really be able to take in as much as you can. Oh, yeah. It's, um, and I'd be amazed at some of the people that, 
like you know even take the time to just even you know like share share those few gems of knowledge with me or even just you know just something as simple as a hello because i've been in the locker room with guys and I, I would like go up and introduce myself and i would either i would either get ignored or i would get uh get just a short like hey my name is xyz and just keep keep it pushing but you have those people like you know like myron reed and um you have people like trey miguel should mm-hmm. should dunkerton um who who else i've been this is so many people i've came across um mm, calvin takeman jdx um like i said before Minoru suzuki and even even though we didn't talk much because of you know the language barrier just just knowing that he is a one piece fan like i'm a one piece fan kind of like kind of like ease my um being able to talk to him because we had had something in common right there because uh, i think i had a uh had my straw hat with me one time and uh, he noticed it and he was like one piece i was like yes <laughs> and uh and that which is funny is because they actually had him in the episode of one piece so that's what made me like the anime even more I was like oh one of my favorite wrestlers and one of my favorite anime sweet <laughs> um but yeah um talking with uh talking with some of those guys that have been in the business for you know two to three to five more years even longer more than me um it's always good to see what what stories they have or what, uh, you know, what uh, tidbits of knowledge they have because um, they, you know, they don't have to do that. They don't have to, you know, give you that, um, give you that little tidbit of knowledge. But mm-hmm. for those that do and that and I can tell the difference between people that actually mean, you know, mean what they say and not just trying to like have a quick conversation and move on to the next thing that they're doing. So um, when they take that time to even just, you know, just tell me, hey, you should do this, that, and the third. Don't worry about this. Or when you're on the road, do A, B, and C or D, E, F. It's it's always fun hearing those stories, especially when they have one that's um that's uh that it, it make I guess kind of like makes everybody laugh. Uh, I remember one time um, uh, Matt Fitchett and Davey Vega they were telling uh telling us about a time they were going through the airport and they had they had belts with them so. They had to tell, they were like just telling TSA and everything like, oh yeah, we're fighters. So yeah, the bags are heavy. It's a lot of metal in there or whatever, because uh, they always, you know, folks nowadays, you tell them, tell them you're a wrestler. And I'm like, oh, so is it real? Is this, is that, and the third? And I don't want to get into all that because <laughs> you're not going to understand it from where I'm coming from with it. You're just going to know what you know from only watching it instead of actually like doing it. So Fitcher was selling those one time. He was like, "Yeah, just yeah, just sell them. You're a fighter. <laughs> so that way, that way, it just diffuses all of that. And they just say, they just say, oh, did you win? It it goes from it goes from like people asking, you know, all those like underlying questions about mm-hmm. wrestling. And is it real? Is it fake? This, that, and the third. You just tell them you're a fighter, and and all they want to know is, did you win or did you lose? Um, it's funny because like I'll drive down to the states to go check out like shows on Fargo and Grand Forks and stuff. And mm-hmm. whenever I cross the border into the states, you know, I'll, I'll pull up. What's the reason why you're going down? I'm like, oh, I'm going to go down and watch wrestling. And they're like, Olympic style? Like what kind? I'm like, uh, like WWF. And they're like, oh, okay. And then uh-huh. it just sends you through. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um. I, I want to ask about your match with uh, Mike Outlaw. That's it's pinned up on your Twitter, and I, I okay. encourage everyone to go check it out. It's a really fun match, and you guys really gave it your all in that match. I was hoping you could talk a little bit about it. 
Um, that match. <laughs> uh, that was one of my favorite matches to to date still. Um, that was um it was one of those last minute things. Um I was coming into the um to the uh show and um his original opponent uh, you know didn't show up so they came back to me as like yeah it's gonna be you and outlaw third match go ahead get ready so y'all can call it so i'm like uh like the pressure immediately kind of like hit me i was like okay facing my trainer for the first time let me try not to screw up so um <laughs> so I'm, I'm back there i'm back there getting ready and everything we're calling the match and um, at first, again, by still me only being a year in the business, I'm not, you know, I still have those um, those nervous little shakes or whatnot. But um, I took a breath. I took a second, took a breath, and just kind of like really like decompress and whatnot, so I could like get my head wrapped around um, what I had to do in the match. And uh, it was honestly easy. It was very, very smooth. Very it. It flowed better than what I the what I originally thought the match was going to flow in mm-hmm. in the beginning, and um, the only only thing that I still remember to this day, and I still feel um, if you watch the match and you see the um, kind of like the the club to the back of my neck or like the lariat that he gives to the back of my neck, and all you hear is the clap from it once he connects. I still feel that <laughs> to this day <laughs> because. Um, um, if because you know, uh, when you know, once the match is over and everything, you know, it's a, it didn't really like me to hit you that hard, but I was like, nah, you did because <laughs> I still, when I say I still feel the ex- the impact, I still even feel like the area that it was on. And uh, I mean, of course, nothing, I wasn't hurt or anything, there were no percussions or nothing like that, mm-hmm. but um, but just you know, just playing the match back in my head, and it's like if I could take anything else back from that. If I didn't like take anything away, I took that hit away from that match. Um, but it was um, it was just a it was just a good time and uh, to be able to work with uh, work with one of my trainers and uh, get that uh, I guess get that that torch pass, you know, because um, in the at the end of the match, at the end of the match, you know, he raised my hand. He was like, "Head up, you man now X Y and Z." So mm-hmm. he- hearing that from him and getting that that tad bit of acknowledgement from him really meant a lot and it kind of it's one of those things i keep in the back of my head to remind myself of why i'm doing this and why and like why i don't stop now i mean the first time i saw you was when you came up to winnipeg and we'll talk about that right away but if a few days later after i saw you wrestling winnipeg i turn on my tv and i'm watching dynamite Mm -hmm. and who do i see out there against Wardlow, but yourself. And I even yep. tweeted at you like, holy shit, what's going on? <laughs> how how did this all come to be? That uh, that was another one of those last minute things, uh, man. I, um, uh, a few of my teammates that went to, oh, I want to say earlier that week before we came to Winnipeg, I think a few of my teammates went to AEW down in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then out of nowhere, that following Monday, right after we get back in town, um, I get the e- I get the email uh, saying, uh, "Hey, we're AEWs in St. Louis. You've been selected to uh, to appear on uh, Dynamite." 
here's what you need to fill out, here's what you need to, here's what you need to have on the day you come in. So immediately I'm already scrambling because um, coming in, you know, coming into Canada, I didn't think I needed a, uh, needed to get a uh, COVID test because I already had my vaccine. But yeah. once I get the email, um, once I get the email from AEW saying, okay, you need to go get a COVID uh, test, make sure it's negative within the 72 hours before you the show. So in my head, I'm scrambling, trying to get all of this done because I got a three-day notice and it's in two days. So I'm trying not to miss my window. But um, yeah, when we got there and um, they told us what we were going to do for the um, for the Wardlow segment, and um, immediately I was just like, "Yep, I'm just going to do, do what I need to do." And um, <laughs> once uh, once he laid out everything that um that was happening in the segment, it was basically just like a gigantic eliminator match. And um and yeah, he was just telling me like, "Yep, just take the clothes on, so you're good." I'm like, "All right, cool." <laughs> so um so once we um once we uh go go through it once it's time for the um actual segment to happen um i remember um just trying i know the one thing i was just trying to make sure was that i was out of the way and that my shirt just didn't like ride up so much because they they had these shirts from like small up until i want to say a large or extra large maybe i can't remember mm-hmm. um, all i know is that they didn't have a two weeks and the shirt that i had was just like real small so once i um got here with the clothes on i'm trying to roll out the way i just feel all all cold coldness on my back like my pants were down or anything but i just felt like cold on my back so i'm like okay <laughs> i'm dead but i'm gonna fix my shirt <laughs> and um rolling out and then once um once he rolled out of the ring and then uh, a few of the other guys that were just sitting us so like all right let's let's crawl let's get out of here so we're just trying to get out keep our keep our heads down just trying not to like really interact with the crowd because you know we're we're security we ain't got nothing to say to them mm-hmm. but um but yeah i i remember that uh as soon as i put that shirt on i was like yep this is gonna be bad <laughs> but it was still but it was still good and uh when i got to the back a bunch of my friends were blowing up my phone saying yo we just saw you on dynamite we just see you uh we just see you on tv and um and I didn't even I didn't even like tell them that you know that I was doing the AEW segment. I didn't even tell them we were down there. I just told them like, hey, I, I can't be around today. I got I've got business to take care of. <laughs> and then next thing I know, right after the segment, my phone is just like bring, 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 just blowing up. Everyone's saying like, oh, we just seen you. I just recorded it. Blah 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 blah. So that that kind of felt good. But one of my friends that um he had messaged me, and uh, when I told him about it, he had messaged me. He was uh, he just told me um until what did he say? He said uh. Until it's a contract put in front of you, just keep going harder. And that was the one thing that stuck out to me the most, like over anyone even just like watching the match or seeing anything. Once he said that, I was like, okay, this is cool, but the job's not finished and I want more and I'm going to get more out of this. And I think that's the exact same thing that you had replied to me was, you know, yeah, this is awesome, but you know, there's still more to more work to be done. Mm hmm. And I know like one thing I've learned, even just from doing the podcast is like, you know, like not to get too excited about something until it, you know, comes through because like you have, you know, your friends texting you and stuff and you just, you know, keep it quiet just in case. Like last Mm -hmm. thing you want is, you know, to be like, Hey, I'm going to be doing this and it falls apart. And then it's like, Oh, what happened? You know? So it's just like, let everyone just see as it comes. Mm -hmm. 
had to uh, I had to tell one of my brothers that because um, I told him about the uh, I told him about the uh, the segment, and then he and he's he's one of my biggest supporters, like one of my biggest supporters I have in my corner. And uh, when I told him that, he he immediately just thought like, oh, we got signed, we got a contract. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> No, <laughs> please don't go telling everybody that you got a contract out of this. That is not the case. But um, but just just seeing like how excited he was, but I had to you know talk him down and let him know like, hey, it's, it's not a contract. It's just it's just extra work. I'm just going in to to do whatever job they need me to do, and then I'm I'm back I'm back to work, and um. And, but he he was just so he was just so excited he was just so like just so proud and everything and uh and i couldn't i couldn't take that from him but still i had to just like remind him i was like i was like yeah it was good but you know we can get more out of this so mm. so like yeah be proud of this moment but don't 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 think that this is it don't think that like this is the end you know there's still a whole lot more to come this oh, is yeah, only the way, beginning way more Wait a minute. We we haven't even what whatever phrase you want to use at the tip of the iceberg, scratch the surface, whatever phrase you want to use. We haven't even we haven't even begun. We have we're still in the tutorial for all my video game for all my gamers <laughs> out there. This this is still a tutorial. We we have so much so much more that needs to be done. So I mean, I said you know first time I saw you was in Winnipeg. You you made your debut for WPW, mm -hmm. and I'm gonna. Was it your first time outside of the States wrestling? Yes, it was yeah. my first time out of the States ever. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, that that was something that I did have, you know, on my bucket list to wrestle all around the world. And even just having that opportunity to shoot up to Winnipeg, still still one of my favorite moments. I still have one of my Canadian dollars I got from up there. I was like, yep, I'm not spending this, I'm keeping this. How how did it all come to be for you to uh, make your debut there? Um, so I, uh, funny enough, uh, one of my teammates, uh, Moses, one half uh, technical difficulties, he had uh, messaged me earlier the week that they were supposed to go to um, supposed to go to Winnipeg. Uh, one of our other teammates, uh, Cody Lane, uh, he was supposed to be up there. I think he was injured, uh, mm -hmm. so he couldn't make it. And um and uh at first uh they were uh, at first they were gonna like you know figure out a flight or figure out another way to get there, but um they they were um they kind of just wanted you know another person in the car and I guess somebody else you know to be the driver or whatnot which makes sense, and then um a few a few of us on the team not a lot of us have our passports so I think I was the next person up to have my passport so. They asked me, you know, that I have my passport, and I just told him, yeah. And he said, uh, you want to come up to uh, Winnipeg with us? I was like, sure. <laughs> like, when are y'all supposed to be leaving? He was like, oh, we leaving this Thursday. I was like, okay. So that I had to, I had to go into like overdrive mode. I'm trying to call up from my job, make sure I have everything, make sure my passport is all good. And I just got my passport a few months before. Um, because I was originally 
supposed to go to Jamaica for a wedding, but that fell through because um issues with our issues with our families and whatnot. So that it fell through. But um I just had my passport just sitting on ice, and then as soon as Moses sent me the word to say, "Hey, you want to come up to uh, Winnipeg with us? Cause we gonna wrestle up there." I was like, "Yeah, sure, why not?" And um and yeah, did, I will say, border control sucks. Oh, does but it ever? It's understandable. Why? Oh my god. Well, okay, I'll say this: coming into Canada, mm-hmm. it sucks. Leaving, at least, well, at least for you know, Americans coming into Canada, it sucks. Leaving was the breeze, but coming in, going through the whole interrogation process, especially for people that haven't been to Canada before, that this is their first time. It was just it was just a lot i felt like i was on trial but i get why they have to do mm-hmm. so it was so it was bad but it wasn't that bad but once we were leaving canada it was a breeze they, yeah they were just like oh everyone's from the states okay what's your first stop what's your stop after that x y and z so they sent they sent us on our way but um i i do i do thank uh moses and um and Ironically enough, I think Cody, I hate that he was injured. He could have come up to uh, Winnipeg to do his thing. But I do thank Moses for even reaching out to me and just saying, hey, we going to Canada. You got your passport. Might as well just come with us and, you know, let's hit this show. So if it, if it wasn't for that, I probably wouldn't even still have been, you know, out of the States. Well, I know that uh, WPW, they do put their uh, events up on YouTube, so it's only a matter of time. But, I mean, it was a triple threat match, you versus Moses versus Kevin O'Doyle. And as you mentioned, like, from the second you walked out, I mean, it was a hot crowd all night, and they were firmly behind you, too. And it's like, I'm sure it it was, you know, some of their first time seeing you, but they were right into it. Mm Mm-hmm. And that I was not expecting that <laughs> at all. Cause this is my when I say my first time even breaking this gimmick out, like the first time I'm doing the munch clap, the first time I'm even, you know, having the theme music with the munch in the background, I didn't expect them to just take on to it so quickly. And when my teammates pitched the idea to me, they were saying, um, you know, they were trying to like give me a vision how it would be and how the crowd would be, how the fans would be with all of that. And at the moment, it just, it just didn't hit me. Like I didn't see what they were seeing, if that makes sense. <laughs> so um, we'll say it, we'll say it, um, you know, told me that, hey, do it and just see what happens. It, the worst thing you can do is just throw it at the wall and it doesn't stick and then you just go back to drawing board figure out something else that'll stick but once uh, um like once the music hit and um and once we once i went out there and then by time by time i got to the um got to the end of the stage before the steps and i just had everybody clapping along and all i'm hearing i'm hearing them chanting munch over the music and once that happened i was like okay we got something here and especially for me breaking this gimmick out like first show ever let alone in a whole another country that's not the u.s for them to really be behind that i was just like okay i got something here mm-hmm. and i'm just really just trying to like fine tune it and just make sure that folks don't forget it and they don't you know shy away from it the uh, the match itself, I mean, I always love the dynamic uh, because, I mean, you had yourself, Kevin O'Doyle, both bigger guys, 
Moses, who is more, you know, smaller, a little bit more agile and faster, mm-hmm. but the, the, you know, ability of all three of you and just the story you guys were able to tell, I thought it really came across incredibly well. Yeah, it was, um, it, it worked, especially for, um, well, well oh, I'm thinking the wrong way. <laughs> it, it definitely worked. It definitely worked out. Um, I do wish that, uh, of course, like with all matches and all things, I wish I would have did some things a little bit differently. And I wish that I would have, um, would have caught caught some things in the moment and in the match versus when I'm watching it back and I'm seeing how I played out. Because again, like how I felt about my first match, I'm seeing little bitty um, mistakes and errors that I made. And then if I'm not catching it, my teammates are catching it. And then now it's just like, it's just that little like fault that's stabbing me in my mind. Like, but overall, overall see how the match all played out and how everyone was still was still behind um behind all three guys even even with uh even with Kevin being the heel in the match just seeing how they were behind everybody and how they like how the crowd reacted to everybody like they reacted to Moses how they were supposed to react to Moses they reacted to me how they were supposed to react to me they reacted to Kevin how they were supposed to react to Kevin just seeing that and then seeing how um everything else played out within the match and everything uh, um even in the last um the last segment of the match where i got um why um got rolled out um after taking that uh german suplex and uh i just hear a couple of the fans kind of like jaw jacking uh behind me they were uh they were saying like uh okay um they he said something along the lines of uh were you guys gonna eat or whatever and I'm trying to, in my head, I'm just trying to like keep character, but <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted to turn around to the guy and say, "You got any suggestions?" But I'm not from here, <laughs> but um, but yeah, everything, everything in that match was uh, everything in that match was uh, was good and it flowed really well. A lot of things, like I said, a lot of things could have been better, but that's all. It's always the next time for that. Mm-hmm. I got a couple more for you, then I'm going to let you go. Um, okay. Uh, I like to ask everyone for a match recommendation, one that you're a fan of that you've watched, whether it's, you know, Japanese or, you know, WWE, anything like that. One that you think the listener should go check out. Uh, Eddie Guerrero and SummerSlam 02. That is one of those matches that does not get talked about enough. I remember... Um, I remember one of my coaches one time for a homework assignment. He um, he had us uh, break uh, kind of like break down, do like a like a small report on Kurt Angle, and I was just like, Nah, I want to watch a little bit deeper. I want to see what other matches are on this card because I hadn't seen it in so long. Mm-hmm. And um, and I did my report for the for the Angle Mysterio match, but um, uh, once I saw that uh, Eddie and uh, Edge had a had a face each other on some sign. I immediately sent that to my trainer. I was like, "Yeah, next time let's do this one because this was a heat. This one was a heater, mm-hmm. and um, that's it's one of those that like immediately out the gate you got that um you got that storytelling uh from um from Eddie being the heel at the time, and then you got Edge who was the face at the time. And I think he was just getting out of the. I want to say he was just getting out of the uh, teaming with. No, this is before. Uh, this is either before or after he's 
stop teaming with Christian. I know they weren't doing the brood gimmick no more, but this is like right after he stopped, either before or after he stopped teaming with Christian. This is way, way before Reddit R Superstar Edge. Yeah. But um but yeah, that that is one of my one of my most favorite matches. It's one of those like comfort matches I go to if I'm like lost or whatever and I don't know, like what direction I want to go. It's it's a palate cleanser. That's the term I look for. It's a palate cleanser for me. So if I'm if I ever don't know what I want to watch or if I'm just not watching, you know, a whole I, one time I'll just watch like WrestleMania after WrestleMania after WrestleMania just back to back, just seeing what they did after each year. It was one time I just I just didn't know what to watch. I didn't know what match I wanted to watch or what I wanted to study. So I just turned on uh Eddie Guerrero and Edge from SummerSlam 02. And from there, I kind of just started, I kind of started looking at other different matches from there. So I was like, okay, this one was cool. Let me see what happened on this show in this year, or let me see what happened on this pay-per-view in this year. But uh yeah, if I if I had one to recommend to anybody, definitely check out Edge versus Eddie Guerrero, SummerSlam 02. Now uh, end of July, early August. What do you have lined up show wise? Um, at the moment, at the moment, I don't have much lined up. Um, and August is going to be a weird month for me because uh, we have a show here on the twentieth. I'm not going to be at that one because I got my family's uh, wedding to be at, and um, uh, so I'm not taking any bookings that uh, really that week because um, we're going to be doing a lot, getting ready for the wedding. For sure. Um, as, of right, as of right now, really, I don't, I don't have much. I don't have much lined up. Um, I know uh, WPW is running again. It's September. But uh, I know their car is pretty full. But um, few, me and a few of my teammates have been in contact with, uh, with the promoter, Devin, up there, trying to get, uh, get back up there for, I think he said the show after September is going to be in December, I think. Okay. So uh, we're uh, we're trying to get a car load together to come back up to Winnipeg. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Um, but as of right now, for the end of July to the beginning of August, my calendar is pretty much open. So if anybody listening who want to book me for a show, let me know. Let me know. I am available. Um, where can people find you online? Any social media? Any other things you want to plug? Go ahead. Okay, so um, if you want to find me online, just uh, I'm at uh, Marcus Munch three one four. That's M A R C U S N U N C H three one four. That's my handle on Twitter as well as Instagram. On Facebook, um, my uh, page is still my old uh, my old uh, character Eli Rossi, but I'm gonna switch it over to Marcus Munch pretty soon. Um, let's see, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I mean, I'm on TikTok, but not really. <laughs> I do, I do a few videos here and there. I'm not, I'm not like really caught in the in the TikTok web yet. But my uh, my handle on there is also Marcus Mush three one four. Um, I would plug my Twitch channel, but my Twitch channel is under construction. So if you wanna see, if you wanna see me updates for when I'm back on Twitch with a strength game streaming and whatnot, um, just check, uh, just check back on my Twitter, and I'll have something up there pretty soon. Also, um, shameless plug: if you not, if you haven't already, please uh, check out Team Ambition on Twitter. We are Team Ambition STL, I think. 
That was the name. Give me a second. I'm trying yep. to look it up. <laughs> but um, but yeah, that's um, that is the uh, the dojo that we have here is St. Louis, uh, run by David Richards as the head as the head trainer. Mike Allen runs our fundamentals. Camaro Jackson runs the strength and conditioning. And Warhorse runs the promo class. So again, it's a team ambition STL across all platforms on face on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, everything team ambition STL. If you wanna um see what all the team members are doing, or if you wanna uh come in for a drop-in session uh to train uh, with us, or if you're thinking about enrolling, or if you just want to check it out just on your leisure, just uh check out Team Ambition STL. Marcus, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Thank you, man. I appreciate you. Have a great one. Thank you so much to Marcus Munterson for joining me on the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast. It was a blast talking to him, and I really hope you enjoyed it as well. Very stoked, and hopefully we'll see Marcus back up here wrestling again soon. But just keep your eyes peeled eyes peeled for him because uh, he's going to make some big waves in wrestling, I feel. So thank you to him. Thank you for checking out the podcast. I say it every time. I will always say it. I truly appreciate you taking time out of your day to listen to me talk about wrestling. If it's your first time listening, you can find me up on Twitter at GrainmakerPod. Uh, we can talk wrestling up there. Uh, Instagram, Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast, all one thing. So uh, I post lots of uh, clips on there, little, you know, who's going to be on the upcoming podcast. That's where I'll announce the upcoming guest first. I do it on Instagram, then I'll do it on Twitter. So up on there, email grainmakerpodcast at gmail.com. So questions, comments, concerns, shoot me a message there. Up on Facebook as well, same same handle, Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast. And all podcast streaming platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify. And if you want a t-shirt, 25 bucks a piece. Uh, they're very fashionable, great for summer wear. Maybe you want to de-sleeve it, uh, rock a tank top. But uh, 25 bucks a piece, hit me up. Half of the profits is going to a local nonprofit. So I think that covers everything. Thanks again for checking out the podcast. We'll talk soon.